Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, today's guest, Lady Lamar, is a workflow genius, and her Airtable bases live in certain corners of my own business. She's all about eliminating overwhelm and creation creep in your business using workflows and data, so you know that I'm about to nerd out. Hey, Lainey, welcome to the show. Nerds unite today. <laughs> so let's start with a bit about your business journey. How did you become a business nerd? I think part of it just starts with being born a nerd, right? I was doing, I was working as a program coordinator, so I had a lot of project management background. When you start dabbling into the online world, you discover there's a whole world out there of people who are working online and doing all this stuff online. And I definitely got sucked into it in the most, you know, like the, the, the fly to that zapper thing that that was me oh my gosh look at all this stuff and the potential to learn everything you would ever want to learn so i did exactly that but because of my background and because of the nature of the people that i was talking to in the online world a lot of them were not super systems oriented they're very ideas oriented let's create the things let's do the things let's launch the things um and then let's become completely overwhelmed by all the things that we have going on. And usually it just comes down to, you need to take a step back and you gotta put those systems in place. So I really became known in my earlier days, I had Miss GSD was my, my moniker, if you will. And it was all workflows and systems and process maps and, and things that was just detail. How, how do you get things done? What assets do you need to make those things happen? And what you soon learn is when you start putting systems in place for people, well, that's great. But then they're like, okay, but now this is broken. We, I don't really know what's broken and I'm not sure where I should be putting my time. And so I started delving um, much deeper into the project management aspect of it and the data part of it because knowing where your results are coming from is part of the whole system, right? You can't just be doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You really want to see what is happening at the end of that road so that you can, you know, capitalize on what's working so that you can do more of that and ditch the stuff that really isn't working so you could stop wasting your time with it. So I, I, I sort of combined it all into being sort of a business or performance visualization kind of medium where I like to show you your projects in a way that you can like see it and you can do something about it, move the stuff around. Or if it's your data, being able to see really like with maps where it's like landing pages. This is how many people are coming to it. This is how many people are going to the checkout. What's the difference? Where are we losing people? You know, just being able to visualize those kinds of things, which brings us back sort of full circle to the workflows, which is really just when you are mapping out a system, what are all the steps and the assets and the, the things that have to happen for your magic to happen? I always say to people, if they're explaining a workflow to me, don't feel put off if I'm looking like up and to the side, because I'm actually just mentally drawing the system as you're talking to me. And they look at me like I've just grown horns and sprouted wings. I didn't realize that this wasn't something everybody could do until I left corporate. Let's clarify though, workflow, system, process. I think a lot of people use a lot of things interchangeably. So let's get really clear on what is the difference between those things. When I'm talking about a system or a process, systems will typically be something that that you're putting into place that involves 
tech or involves, I keep saying assets, but you know, tools like your convert kit for your email marketing service or your lead pages for your landing pages or all those little assets that you have that are factors in you being able to put the steps together to be able to put that marketing strategy into place. So a system is all the things that make those things work and connect in a way that you get that end result that you want, that you get to be able to launch that marketing campaign, for instance. A process is all the things that happen that have to be accounted for that use all of those tools. So they're similar and they are used interchangeably, but a system would really be going over, you know, the how of of all the things that happen, whereas the process is the the what. What are all the things that need to be accounted for? So you can have systems with I use ConvertKit as an example. Let's Let's continue using that. You integrate that into your system. But if you you can swap out ConvertKit for, let's say, Active Campaign, another email marketing service. It's going to change how you're doing things, though, because how those tools work will change the flow of, of the things that need to be put into place. So really, that's a big, long, complicated way of saying you really just need to be able to have an idea of what you're putting together and making sure that they're all connected so that if you have to replace one part of it, you're able to see what part of it is uh, going to be replaced. And when we're talking about a workflow, it's really just a process map. It's like a mapping out of all of those things that have to happen and all of those assets that are factoring into it, but and, and how those tools factor into it. So someone signs up to your email list and then the automated email gets sent and then they're redirected to that landing page for something. All those little steps are accounted for in a workflow. It's almost like, you know, when you would have the Disney sing-along things when you're a kid, maybe they still, I haven't seen Disney stuff in a long time, but when you have the, the sing-along stuff, there's like the bouncing ball and it tells you how to stay on the note with the multiple bounces on the same note. It's kind of the same thing with a workflow where you can, you could essentially just follow along and bounce along to each step. Oh, I've done this. Boom. Move on to the next thing. Oh, I've done this. Boom. Move on to the next thing. And so that's how your workflow, well, that's how you follow a workflow. Or like the adult version of that, <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> ah, that's true. <laughs> we were joking beforehand that we get to a point that where our business starts to represent our teenage bedrooms, there's piles of stuff everywhere. We know exactly where everything is, but we also don't know why we have 17 black t-shirts. Which black t-shirt do I pull out and go, okay, this needs to become more of a workflow. I need to be able to visualize what I'm doing with this black t-shirt. Where would you start? I love when when you start with like if you really want to start mapping out what your business looks like. I really do recommend just looking at what your offers are. Don't look at the processes or the tools or any of the stuff. Just look at your offers, including your free offers, your paid and your free offers, and see how all of those are connected. And just like get the coloring pencils out, do the, you know, draw it out in a way where you can see, okay, so these free offers that I have to offer, they relate to this paid offer. And this paid offer is sort of something that gets upgraded into this paid offer. When you can actually map out your business that way, it makes it very easy to see which black t-shirt needs to be thrown out, you know, because you see the things that you're offering that 
Maybe you just don't need to be including into your offers anymore. Maybe it's time to retire that one opt-in. Maybe it's time to retire that offer because it doesn't really fit into the big picture of things and nothing becomes more evident about not fitting into the holistic of it. And, and when you're drawing things with on a paper with arrows and seeing how they're all connected. I, I attempted this recently. I had two areas. Like you said, it becomes really clear where you need some time because I had one area where there was just like a couple of opt-ins. They didn't even go anywhere. Right. And you don't know till you look. And it's, it's not just about drawing them down. It's, you know, looking through your systems and seeing, okay, well, what is there listed here? It's kind of like the same deal as when you do go shopping and they say, okay, so you go shopping for new black t-shirts and you come home and when you put them in your closet, you've got to get rid of as many black t-shirts as you had sort of thing. The reason being clutter just grows and the same thing is going to happen in your business. Put in the cupboards and let's pull it all out. Does it spark joy? Does it spark joy? <laughs> if it joy? doesn't, get it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we want to go with that approach in our business. Maybe we could go with does it spark money? Does yeah. it spark customers? Does it spark Is ROI? it relevant to what you're doing? Is it, 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 does it stick to everything else? Or like, would you just be embarrassed if somebody opted into that now? I had somebody opt into something of mine and it was one of those things that had been there since like I first started. I was mortified, which is what then prompted the whole, okay, let me get started. So I'm pretty sure that the next question we're going to get, you said get your colored pens out and paper and stuff. What's the tech behind, like where would you draw a workflow for a client? Because you know people are going to want tech behind it, right? I'm a big Sharpies and paper person, but eventually you want it to be somewhere useful and digital. Sharpies and pens full are useful to digital cameras, my friend. You just pop it up there and it's good to go. But I totally get what you're saying. There's a lot of tech that you can use. You can use some very sophisticated tech, like do something like Microsoft Visio or something like that if you want to get super professional about it. But there's a lot of stuff that you can get for lower price or for free. There's Lucid Chart that you can get. It's a low price product. I think maybe $10 a month. You can get a... Um, I think it's called an extension, maybe a plugin, but it's within your Google account. And just go to draw.io. And I use this very frequently because it's just easy to store everything in my Google account. And you can, it, it's the same sort of concept as something like Visio or like Lucidchart, where you have all the fun little graphics and you can search for even more fun graphics. You can put all of those things in which draw.io is what I would recommend for a starting point where, you know, it's an easy to use platform and um, it won't cost you anything. I was recently introduced to Whimsical, which I really like. It's very straightforward. I think you can add in icons and stuff into it. I'm like an old school. My workflows look like flowcharts. You know, they have the shape that goes with the thing. Like, this is a question. This is data. <laughs> and they're different colors for the different systems that I'm using. So like ConvertKit is purple. But I found that one pretty simple to use, especially if I am mapping out a new system. And I'm might want to move things around and group them and grab them and shift them, which can get very messy with Sharpies. But what is the joy in when it comes to workflows? Well, maybe, maybe I'm being super nerdy on this, but I really do think it's a really like the baseline is there for everybody to meet, whether you want to draw it on a paper, whether you just want to take cute icons and put arrows between them. 
Or if you want to get super complicated and start doing Gantt charts built into the flows that have the proper colors and the color coding and the in multiple legal papers to fill, like you can do as much as you want, but you can keep it simple too. There's no excuse for you not to be able to map out your thought. What do you think is going to happen? What pieces do you need to see happen? And just being able to have a visual representation of it, because that's the thing with more online entrepreneurs than not, I think more entrepreneurs, period, than not, to be able to see it, to visualize it, to really have that visual representation in front of you to always refer to is so much better than having all of the factors and things and tasks to check off floating in your brain. This is a very unsafe place. I don't recommend they float in your brain. Just put them on a piece of paper and connect them. It's also such a strategic tool that is underused. If you can't draw your customer journey from start to finish, which is what Lainey was suggesting at the beginning, like where do your free offers come in? How do they link into paid offers? How do those upgrade into other offers? How are you managing your business's strategy if you don't know that baseline? So I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's the systems. I'm not a systems person. I'll just hire someone to do this. I always want to push back on that thought and be like, you can't bring somebody in if you don't have a system for them to work with. How are you going to explain to them what to do if you don't even know what that workflow looks like at a really simple level you don't need to go the complete nerd zone with gantt charts and everything that are now of course i'm going to have to add into every workflow that i have because i'm so excited and color coded but i think having those basic ideas of what you're trying to achieve with each piece of your business is the kind of thing that you should be spending ceo time on i saw someone ask today in a facebook group like what do you spend your ceo day doing i'm like this working out is this actually working so let's talk mistakes anything people need to be be aware of or things that you see go really wrong when people first interact with workflowing their business. Not sure. We if created that is a verb. A word, but here we go. I'm here for Lenny it. And Diane, workflowing. Here we go. <laughs> it's a little trademark thing on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be a race to who can get the domain after this <laughs> podcast interview. <laughs> Let me ask a really long question so that I can do it while she talks. <laughs> I'll let you have it. Right. <laughs> mistakes? Oh, mistakes. Right. There was a question in there. I was having so much fun. I forgot. <laughs> so mistakes. The biggest mistake, and really I think the only real mistake you can do, is just brushing this aside as being something that's not important. Like I said, even if you start with something very simple, and you map out something very basic, then you can build on it. And by the way, it doesn't have to be you who builds on it, but you do have to create that initial sort of what is in your brain? How do you want to see things happen? Because then when you do decide, ah, I forget about it, I'm just going to hire someone to do this for me. Great. You have that baseline being like, this is what I want to see happen, or this is what I think is happening in my business whatever path that your CEO brain is wanting to bring your business down. You can actually communicate that with what you currently have, what you're currently working with and where you want to go, because that's what you do with your CEO days. It's all about seeing where you are and determining where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Again, you don't have to be the person who draws all the maps in between, but you do have to put your CEO pants on and say, hey, this is where we're starting. This is where we get going with this. And then you can delegate. You can't delegate from the very beginning on this one. You really do have to take the initiative for yourself. 
And I think it's a, an important area when, you know, entrepreneurs like things done a certain way, right? We left corporate jobs because we wanted to do stuff our way. If you hire somebody to take over an outcome for you and you're thinking it needs to be done a certain way, you need to be able to communicate that certain way or they're going to do it their way and you might not understand what they've done or why they've done it that way. And that's going to be a real uncomfortable situation for everybody to be in. It also sets a precedent to what you're saying. If you create those workflows that you start off with and be like, okay, so what you create, I want I, I want you to map it out for me as well. So that anytime somebody's integrating or implementing or introducing any of those I words into your business, into your processes, into your systems, you actually know what's going on. Also, when they leave, that next person coming in can know what's going on because you've literally mapped it out. So you're never left in the dark as to what's happening? Like, how does this work? It doesn't, you don't have to know how everything's connected, but you do need the tool to find out how, uh, to find out how everything is connected. I know entrepreneurs like to go for the like, this will do as a minimum and just record what they do and hope that somebody's going to watch a three hour video of them doing a task multiple times. It's one of my slight pet peeves in entrepreneur land. But if you're not doing anything else, that's fine. Do that. But I think the workflow is the next step from that, that somebody can understand the essence of that process to be like, okay, I understand why I care. And if you skip this step, like what are the consequences of the other things? What is the domino effect? What isn't tipping over if this thing doesn't happen or if you remove it. I think there has been this kind of abdication of responsibility. We've kind of automated some of our CEOing. And even though workflows and systems and processes sound like techie things, they're actually not. They're like the essence of everything. I also think maybe it is my nerdy little heart talking, but when you get that brilliant idea for a marketing campaign, isn't it fun to start mapping it out. I feel like most people start writing a to-do list or all the things that they want to see happen and integrate into it. But if you just draw it out as to what the steps are that's going to happen, you can keep that. Not only can you keep that, but you can optimize that. You can improve that. Because what you're going to do is that that next time you run that campaign, you're able to see which parts of it perform best for you. If there's one part of it that's constantly breaking or you're always having to update or whatever it is, you're able to make a shift in that area. Maybe you can see about shortening the client journey and things like that, but you can't really do that. You can't optimize and improve on those things unless they're jotted down in the first place. So when you're having those brilliant ideas, get the pen and paper out. Just start start drawing. <laughs> Especially if you're like me and you're a chronic overcomplicator, nothing will show you how you've overcomplicated something than the sheer number of arrows on a workflow. And I think also what I like about it is I'm like you. If I get that idea, maybe it is just our nerdy souls. Everybody DM us and tell us if it's just us. For me, I can have that idea and I can scribble the, the workflow really quickly without losing the idea. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you have this brilliant idea and you write yourself a little note and then you're stuck with a, like a post-it note that reads tomato green Thursday. And you're like, I know this was genius, but I can't remember why. Those ideas you get in the shower where you're like, oh, this is so smart. I'll never forget it. I don't even have to write it down. But you were saying earlier, it might be our nerdy little hearts that only, who are the only sort of types who can appreciate this. But I'm like, I would put my hand to the fire on this one, that that's not true. Because anytime I show someone who is, I'm not a numbers person. I hate math. I can't do systems and you show them a dashboard, it's always like, wow, what's that? I want one of those. You love the way it looks. 
you love the use you get out of it. You just don't want to be the person to put it together. And I get that. I totally get that. But I'm certain, 100% certain that everyone has an appreciation for those, those cues, those being able to see how it all connects. And look, I'll support their decision to have somebody come in and build their dashboards for them, right? Like, no problem. But I'm not going to support your decision to not know how to draw a workflow of something in your business. Even if, like, I have friends who their workflows, it's, it's text-based, like they'll go person opts in and they just write the word opts in and then they draw an arrow to like convert kit email one and then draws an arrow, right? Like that's totally fine. It doesn't have to be special shapes and color coding, which is my jam or Gantt charts and whatever other like freaky stuff is going on in Laney's <laughs> workflows, you know, it can be really simple. I think it's called the workflowy where it's actually just like bullet points. And you, you can indent your bullet points. I've seen people do workflows on those too. And I think those are great because you can expand on, for instance, what are you doing in ConvertKit? What is the sequence of, you know, people opting in and then the email being sent? You can always have those indented and build on those. And then you can also not have to look at all the things just being like email sequence. And then you don't look at all the steps because you, you, you hid that from the view, but really basic and build things out as you go. And you could be the five main bullet that is your workflow that says like opt-in, goes to convert kit, sends emails, shows sales pet. You could have those bullets and then give it to somebody else to do all of the indented bullets and the step-by-step and the hows and the wherefores and the linking. Yeah, link the video that shows how exactly you do it and all the things and you have your processes in place. You, you, you have something. I think we've given everybody like way more ideas on workflows than they probably ever wanted in their lives. All the other systems people are like, oh, this is so good. All the non-systems people are like, you guys don't need to get lives big time. <laughs> I, I really truly in my heart though, I don't believe that because when you show them how it's all connected, they're always impressed. Very good segue over to how can we show them more workflows that they can use in their business? Well, I am hosting an event called Oh My Growth Live because I have my podcast called Oh My Growth. And I wanted to do sort of a live version of getting the brilliant minds that I know and getting those genius business pals sharing not slideshows of, you know, the what you can implement. I really wanted these to be workshop based. Let's implement these things. Let's see some results out of the work that we're doing, out of the marketing campaigns we're putting into place. And to sort of put an exclamation mark on it. I wanted workflows for each one of these strategies so that when you watch how to put something in place, a strategy in place, a marketing campaign in place, you actually have those points of, oh, and then you do this and then you do that. And being able to keep those handy so that when you do implement your marketing strategies, instead of just, you know, watching informative videos, when you do implement these marketing strategies um, into your business, then you're able to just follow along with the workflows and imp or you don't have to follow along with the workflows. You can easily delegate it because you know what the steps are. You see what they are and being like, hey, pass that along to your VA or to your OBM. This is what I want you to do. Put it in place. And so those are going to be available um, 
when you sign up to Oh My Growth Live, so every time there is a uh, workshop being presented, the workflow that goes along with that workshop will be uh, available at that time. So it's free. It's rolling from October 5th through 7th. And I would love to, uh, to see you guys there because I will be in the chat. And I would love, love, love for you to talk to me in the chat. Tell me what you do, what your zone of genius is, what type of marketing campaigns you want to see put in to a workflow so that you don't have to do it next time. I can do it for you during our, our next run of this event, but we have some really awesome topics. I'm really impressed with the lineup of speakers. And I think you might be hard pressed to find something that we don't have covered. We've got a lot of like a wide range of topics of different ways that you can market yourself in and have those oh my growth moments in in the workshops that we're presenting. So I'm super excited, which is why I'm rambling. I'm really stoked about this lineup. It is really good. I am very honored to be one of the speakers and I have seen all the workflows and they are very good. I'm going to link in the show notes how you can sign up, how you can get all of that goodness. So excited. I'm going to nerd so hard for those two days. So to finish up, I have two questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? Oh man, I have, this is sort of a new one, but I've been very good about it for I would say the last year, but I've made it such that notifications can't come onto my phone after a certain time or before a certain time. It means that sometimes I forget to check on, let's say Slack if I have a message in there and maybe I'm a couple of days late, but if it's actually very urgent, they have other ways of reaching me, the people who would be messaging me on Slack. So you tend to get into your own way with these sorts of things being like, oh, but I won't get the notification. And then what if I forget? Well, I, I promise you, these things work themselves out. So putting those boundaries around the energy I'm putting out and, and during which timelines is really important. Yeah, I definitely have a very strict notification on my phone after years of corporate Blackberries pinging at all hours of the night. The phone even stays in another room, you know, for at a certain period of time, it's done. I haven't gone that far. I need to watch TikTok before <laughs> Don't bed. Don't be crazy. <laughs> Don't be crazy. I've turned off notifications. Jeez. Okay, finally, what is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given in your business journey? Uh, this is also a sort of recent, uh, I don't want to say development, but a, a realization. When I started in the online world, I, I put myself in client's shoes. I used to think, you know, if I were someone else, what would I like to receive? What, would I, what kind of client journey would I like to get? What kind of pitch or promotion would I like to see? How would I like to see a package? What type of emails would I like to see? Would I like this email? So that was how I figured things out for myself in the beginning. And then as I started growing, I started, you know, learning more from professionals and from experts and things like that. And I started um, ignoring that voice of, hey, what do I like? What would I enjoy? And I started replacing it with what I'm supposed to do, what I should do. And my numbers started suffering for it which is the opposite of what all of the sales pages promise you. I'm not saying that I haven't learned a lot and that a lot of it isn't useful. Of course it is. But when I stopped listening to that little voice telling me what I enjoy, that that started everything else sort of, I don't want to say it fell apart, but I just stopped. I stopped enjoying doing the work as much and I stopped putting out content that other people enjoyed. So uh, the cookie cutter advice of, you know, 
these are the strategies that you have to implement. And these are the way the sales pages need to be. And this is how your emails have to be. I kind of wish I hadn't listened to that advice so hard. But then again, it was one of those hard learned lessons that I, I, I realized it was very Dorothy Wizard of Oz, where it's like, you had it in you all along. So the more I go back to what was always within me all along with the fun emails and the jokey kind of tone that was working much better for me, the better things are. Not just for my clients and my audience, but for me, I enjoy it so much more. Yeah, we all have to go through this transition thing where we think everybody else knows more than we know. And our way couldn't possibly work, even though all the people that you're following all did something different and that's how they became known for it. And this has been such a fun conversation. Like, oh, we've just nerded so hard. Where is the best place for people to find you on the socials so that they can say hi? I know people are going to want to chat to you. For sure. You can, probably the best place would be Instagram. I've taken a little bit of a social media break over the summer, enjoying, you know, cottages and waterfronts and, you know, life, which is why we all get into this in the first place. So it's it's fun to actually practice what I preach. But over on the Instagrams, right. O-M-G-R-O-W-T-H. That's oh my growth with the O-M-G sort of cheekiness to it. So O-M-G-R-O-W-T-H on Instagram. Awesome. I'll be sure to link that as well. Thank you again. This has been absolute blast. So much fun. Thank you, Diane. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.